Hi, this is Pastor Jim. Thanks for joining us for this week's message from Riverside Church. I believe you will be inspired and blessed by the Word of God. We'd love to welcome you to one of our services next time you're in the Brisbane area. If you'd like to know more about us, go online at www.riversidecc.org.au or like us on Facebook to hear about up-and-coming events. I hope you enjoy the message. God bless you. As uh, Pastor Randall said, I'm going to speak this morning about betrayal. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that we are in your house. We thank you that we can gather in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we thank you that your word is more powerful than all our technical difficulties and that the Holy Spirit can move in spite of anything that may happen. Um, I invite you, Holy Spirit, to come and bring your anointing and touch every life, every life online and in the house. Um, and Lord, come Holy Spirit, take over. We are your vessels. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, <coughs> many, if not all of us, would have felt the sting of betrayal. Probably everyone sitting in this room, most of the people sitting in this room, if not everyone in the room and online, will have at some point in their life felt the sting of betrayal. So we are beginning to go through a series about the things that happened to Jesus leading up to the cross. And of course, we know that he was betrayed. But we, many of us, as I say, would know that feeling. You know, someone maybe slides into a promotion that was meant to be yours. Uh, maybe a spouse is unfaithful. Maybe your BFF tells your secrets to everybody else and your BFF becomes your BFN, best friend no more. And they tell all your secrets to everyone else. There are many ways that people can be betrayed. Now, during February, we've been in a series called Overcoming. We've been talking about overcoming things in our lives. On the first Sunday of February, Pastor Jim gathered up all his courage to speak on overcoming fear. On the second Sunday, I put on my confident face for you all to speak on overcoming insecurity. On the third Sunday, Pastor Randall managed to get his message on overcoming procrastination done in record time and instead of late. And last week, Pastor Ken spoke to us about overcoming selfishness, which was very easy for him because we know Pastor Ken doesn't have a selfish bone in his body. Amen? Amen. He's so unselfish, he's out there serving instead of being here for the plaudit. So as we lead into Easter, as we have said, we're moving into the I Am series, When I Am. And today's is When I Am Betrayed. And we will see the things that happened to Jesus in the time leading up to the cross. And we can see um, how he dealt with it. And what, we, what would we do in the same circumstance when those things happen to us? So today we're going to have a look at when I am betrayed and to discover how we can be more like him. This dovetails really well into the Overcoming series because truly today's message could be called Overcoming When I Am Betrayed. Overcoming when I am betrayed. See, we don't overcome our circumstances. We overcome in our circumstances. Very often our circumstances don't change. We have a certain circumstance. And if that circumstance doesn't change, we are still called to be overcomers. So we aren't overcoming our circumstance because it's still there. But we're overcoming in our circumstance. We live an overcoming life 
in that circumstance. Now you might say, why doesn't God change this circumstance? You might be in a certain situation and you think, why God aren't you changing this? God changes us in those circumstances. Sometimes those circumstances have to do a work in us. I have actually found sometimes that when I asked God to change a circumstance and it didn't change, when I allowed him to do a work in me and change me, then the circumstance sometimes changed. It was like he allowed a circumstance to do a work in my life and that's what he does in our lives. If we never have to overcome anything, we are existers, not overcomers. If we never had to overcome anything and God calls us to be overcomers. I saw a really excellent uh, definition for the word overcome and it was living beyond our circumstances. Living beyond our circumstances. I think that is the perfect description of it. So this morning what we're going to have a look at is living beyond the circumstance of being betrayed. When I am betrayed, how do I live in that circumstance of being betrayed? How do I continue to be an overcomer even when betrayal hits my life. Come with me to Luke chapter 22. Luke 22, all of the Gospels uh, tell us the story of when Jesus was betrayed by Judas. Today we'll look at Luke's recording of that time. Luke 22, beginning to read from verse 47. It says, but even as Jesus said this, now what had Jesus said even as he said this? He had just been speaking to them about not allowing themselves to fall into temptation. So even as Jesus was saying this, even as Jesus was telling them, don't allow yourself to fall into temptation, a crowd approached, led by Judas, one of the 12 disciples. Jesus walked, uh, uh, Judas walked over to Jesus and greeted him with a kiss. But Jesus said, Judas, would you betray the Son of Man with a kiss? When the other disciples saw what was about to happen, they exclaimed, Lord, should we fight? We've brought swords. we brought swords. Shall we fight for you, Jesus? And one of them struck the high priest's slave, slashing off his right ear. But Jesus said, no more of this. And he touched the man's ear and healed him. Then Jesus spoke to the leading priests, the captains of the temple guard and the elders who had come for him. It was quite a crowd. Quite a crowd had come out to get Jesus. And he said this, Am I a dangerous revolutionary, he asked, that you come with me with swords and clubs to arrest me? Why didn't you arrest me in the temple? I was there every day. But this is your moment, the time when the power of darkness reigns. So Jesus recognises that there's a moment now, a time is now coming when darkness is going to reign. And I want to thank Becky for her message. I felt like saying thank you for writing my message also, Becky, because it's, it's so um, clearly that this is what the Lord is saying this morning from, from her message and what I have here. There are other instances in the Bible where people had to face the sting of betrayal. Joseph was betrayed by his brothers. Samson was betrayed by his wife. David was betrayed by both his son Absalom and his advisor and great friend Ahithophel. So how do we deal with betrayal in our lives? How do we deal in our lives when we get betrayed? And I mean deal as Christ followers. Deal as people who are becoming more and more like Jesus. How do we deal with betrayal 
living in being all that God wants us to be. Not that angry kind of reaction, not a reaction where we want, um, we want our vengeance, not demanding vindication, where we live like Jesus would want us to live when we are betrayed. Well, firstly, reject all bitterness. Reject all bitterness that will try to come into your life if you are ever betrayed. Ephesians 4, 31 and 32 says this, Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words and slander, as well as all types of evil behaviour. Instead, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. The first mention on the list of all these evil behaviours goes to bitterness. It goes to bitterness. And betrayal and bitterness walk hand in hand unless we deal with it, unless we stop ourselves from becoming bitter. Now come back to verse 26 and 27 in Ephesians chapter 4. It says this, And don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry, for anger gives the devil a foothold. Anger gives the devil a foothold. This, in my opinion, is the perfect definition of bitterness, allowing anger to control us. Don't let anger control you, because when you let anger control you, we give the devil a foothold. And that's what bitterness is, letting anger control you. And the why for getting rid of all bitterness is said here very clearly, because it gives the enemy a foothold. Now, the word foothold in the English dictionary is this, a secure position from which further progress can be made. Don't give the devil a secure position in your life from which further progress can be made of what he would want to do in your life. See, we think, oh, it's just a passing thought. It's just a few words in someone's ear. I have a right to be angry. When we are betrayed, it is very easy to start telling everyone how we've been betrayed. It's, it's very easy to have very angry thoughts and these thoughts going through our heads. And we think that's all that that is. It's just my thinking. I've just said a few words to a few people. And you know, what they did is so bad that my little words and my thinking is nothing in comparison to the betrayal that I have dealt with. But what we're doing, we're letting the enemy have a foothold because we're allowing ourselves to be controlled by our anger. We think we're just having a few thoughts, but what we're actually doing is entertaining the work of the enemy in our lives because we're holding on to our anger. The foothold in this scripture here in Ephesians 4, the scripture, the word for foothold here is the Greek word topos, T-O-P-O-S, and it means a place, a seat, an opportunity. We're giving the devil an opportunity to do work in our lives when we hold on to our anger. 1 Peter 5 verse 8 says this, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Your adversary, the devil, 
walks around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Notice it doesn't just say Jesus' adversary, the devil. It says your adversary, the devil. He is our adversary. And he walks around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And Ephesians says, do not give him that opportunity. Do not give him that opportunity. And you'll note that it says, seeking whom he may devour. It's a permission thing. Satan can only devour whom he may devour. If you belong to Jesus, you are covered by the blood of Jesus, so he may not. He may not devour you. He may not do further damage. He may not bring you down. He may not. The permission was taken away from him by the blood of Jesus on the cross. But when we hold on to anger, when we give him a foothold, when we say, there's your opportunity, devil, because I will not let go of my anger because of what has happened to me, we have given him permission. He can only devour where he gets permission. And in Jesus, his permission was taken away. So let's never be people who give that permission back to him to do harm in our lives. If we let bitterness get in, if we won't forgive, we give the devil an opportunity. Now just think about it this way for a moment. Instead of thinking about the other person, think of you. Think of yourself for a moment. If you're holding on to an anger and you're not letting it go, if you've been betrayed and you're not letting that go, what is that doing to you? This bitterness, if we have bitterness, it affects our health. We know that. It affects us physically. It affects us emotionally. But we see it also affects us spiritually. It affects our spiritual walk because we're letting the devil come in and make some progress of his plans in our lives. So don't think about the other person because you might be feeling angry. Well, uh, 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 them. Forget that for a moment. Think, what is this doing to me? Because truly the other person's walked away and forgotten about it probably. What's this doing to me? It's affecting my health. It's affecting my emotions. And it's giving the devil that foothold. Secondly, refuse to allow the betrayal to define you. Refuse to allow the betrayal that has happened to define you. See, when we are betrayed, it can be so overwhelming that it can be hard to move beyond that. It can be hard to move ourselves on from that and it sort of hangs in there because we're so overwhelmed by that. It starts to come up in our conversation. It starts to be something we think about a lot. It starts to be something where we're just... This, that was so unfair. That hurt me so badly. How dare they? This happened, that happened. And it starts to become part of the story of our lives if we don't let it go. If we hang on to anger, it starts to become part of what defines us in our lives. Now, Jesus was betrayed. But have a look at what Colossians says. It's not up here, I'm sorry. It says this, He forgave us all our sins, having cancelled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us, he has taken it away, nailing it to the cross. And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them at the cross. That is a description of what Jesus did. Now, he was betrayed. 
Are we thinking about his betrayal? When you think about Jesus and the cross and the resurrection, uh, do we go, oh yeah, that's right, it was about Judas? No. Judas becomes a passing thought, doesn't he? Because Jesus didn't allow it to become the main issue of his life. Someone betrayed me. Jesus had more important things to do than to hang on to worries about his betrayal. 1 Corinthians 15 says this, Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? Thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus felt the sting of betrayal. Jesus dealt with the sting of betrayal coming upon his life. But the story of Jesus and the resurrection is what? A story of victory. Jesus was never defined by the fact that people did terrible things to him. He is defined by victory and by obedience to God. Now remember I said that David was was, um, betrayed by his son Absalom and his friend Ahithophel. Psalm 3 was written at this time, also Psalm 4, but today we'll have a look at Psalm chapter 3. Psalm 3 was written at the time that David was being chased by Absalom when his life was in danger and he had been betrayed by his son and by his best friend. And look at the first couple of verses of Psalm 3. This is David speaking. He says, "'O Lord, I have so many enemies.'" "'Lord, I have so many enemies.'" So many are against me. So many are saying God will never rescue him. David is feeling the full sting of betrayal, of being betrayed by those he loves. So he could have stayed in that place. He could have stayed there. He could have been, well, this is who I am. I'm hiding in a cave. This is my life. How pathetic is this? God called me, but look what I'm doing. I'm hiding in a cave. My own son and my great friend are trying to kill me. And I'm here hiding in a cave. My life is terrible. He could have made that be the definition of his life and he could have just stayed in that place. How tempting it is to stay in that place. How tempting it is to stay in that place where we've been hurt and not let it go. I'm the betrayed person, that place. But look at the rest of um, this psalm, Psalm chapter 3. He says this, But you, O Lord, are a shield around me. You are my glory, the one who lifts my head up high. I cried out to the Lord and he answered me from his holy mountain. I lay down and I slept. I woke up in safety for the Lord is watching over me. I am not afraid of 10,000 enemies who surround me on every side. See, David could have just stayed in that place. He could have become that guy where people are like, don't get David over for dinner because all you'll hear about Absalom, Ahithophel and how his life's never been the same since all of that happened. And what about Michael laughing at him while he danced in his undies? He has never been able to let that go. But what did he do? He looked to God and he said, you, you surround me. Lord, I go to bed at night and I sleep really well. This is David in the midst of danger, in the midst of the betrayal. I go to bed and I know I'm safe. I wake up in the morning and I've slept really, really well. I'm not afraid of 10,000 enemies. 
He didn't lose sleep over the betrayal because he rested in God. He rested in God. David is known as the man after God's own heart and Becky um, brought that scripture up too where they speak about David and said he, he knew that he would know the goodness of God in the land of the living. That's how David is remembered. He didn't become that guy who was defined by betrayal. He is the man after God's own heart. And thirdly, remember who is with you and who is for you. If you are betrayed, if you are dealing with betrayal, who is with you and who is for you? I mentioned that Joseph was betrayed by his brothers. God had a plan for Joseph and he gave Joseph these dreams to know what his plans were. Joseph's brothers also had a plan for David, but that, uh, for Joseph, but that involved killing him, but then that was downgraded to just selling him into slavery. And at the moment of that betrayal, it could have felt to Joseph, and I expect it probably would have felt to Joseph, like my life is over. My life as I know it is over. It could never be the same again after this. But in fact, the selling him into slavery and his being taken into Egypt was propelling him into God's plan. It was propelling him into what God had for him. And in fact, the two chapters, uh, Genesis 37 and 39, the two chapters which give the story, which is basically what looks like a downward spiralling of David's li- of Joseph's life, looks like a downward spiralling, all this terrible stuff happening to Joseph, we see the term, the Lord was with him three times. We see that term, the Lord was with him three times. Joseph is sold into slavery and the Lord was with him. Joseph is falsely accused and put into prison and the Lord was with him. Joseph serves in the prison and is left there to rot because someone forgot about him and the Lord was with him. The whole time, in the midst of everything that came about because of the betrayal, the Lord was with him. And then he's in a place of power in Egypt and he comes face to face with the brothers that did the betrayal. And he is now in a position he can take full vengeance. He can have full vengeance over them. And what does he say? One of my favourite scriptures. It's Genesis 50 verse 20. He says to his brothers, What you meant for harm, God meant for good. What you meant for harm, God meant for good. Amen. He's not only been propelled into his destiny, but he could stand there and see the good that God did from the terrible betrayal that happened to him. Just as Jesus was propelled into his destiny through what Judas did. James 4 verse 7 says this, and I'm going to just close here. It says, submit yourselves to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. A number of years ago, uh, Jim and I had something happen to us, which I guess you could describe as a betrayal by some very good friends. And this stuff, as I say, I reckon probably everyone here has felt that kind of sting where something like that happens. And you have your Tommy like, whoa, 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 and it's really shocking and it's really hard. You would know if you've ever gone through anything like that. But, you know, we just, we started to pray about it. As you do, of course, we prayed about it. And um, we were talking and I said to Jim, and we kind of came to this agreement, because what happened put these other people in a great 
position of advantage where we were very disadvantaged by what happened. I guess that would be the right way to say it. It put us at a disadvantage and them at an advantage. And we sat and we were talking about it and we came to this agreement and this conclusion. We would still rather be in the position that we are in than the position the other people are in because everything happens before the eyes of God. Everything happens before the eyes of God. And that scripture comes so strong to me. Submit yourself to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. You see, so often we say, oh, resist the devil and he will flee from you. But we're not saying the whole scripture. The scripture says, submit yourself to God, resist the devil and he will flee from you. If we want the power to resist the devil, if we want the power that the devil cannot have a foothold no matter what anybody ever does to us, if we want the power that the devil does not get an opportunity to progress the things he wants to do, even if we're betrayed, even if bad circumstances, whatever we face in life, if we want the power that the devil does not get a foothold in that, we must submit to God first. We must be submitted to God. To have the power to resist the work of the enemy comes from being submitted to God. Submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. So we just started saying, God, we submit this to you. This is yours. We're not, we're not going to become whatever. God, we submit this to you. We submit this to you. And it takes all the anger away. It takes the fear of everything away. It takes all that stuff away. Submit to God. Resist the devil. He will flee. Amen? The musicians are going to come. And I'm just going to ask anyone who would like prayer to come forward. It might feel funny and hard to come forward for something like this. But if you've got stuff where someone has hurt you and you are struggling to let it go, I want to stand with you this morning and we'll submit it to God so that we can resist the devil, so that he gets no chance to progress anything in your life. I'm just going to come and stand down here. The musicians are going to sing one song. So let's stand together and sing this song together. But if you want prayer for anything... I'm going to stand down here. Randall, Pastor Randall will also wait. And we will be praying with anyone who wants to submit something to God. You don't have to give us details if you don't want to. But if there's something in your heart and you know, I've got to, I've got to give this to God. This has to be given to God. We're going to stand with you. We're going to do that. We're going to resist the devil and we will see him flee. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening today. I hope you subscribe to the podcast so you can be inspired weekly. God bless and have a great day.